It's good to be back this morning. It's good to be with family. It's been a wonderful weekend. Uh, showed up this morning, and yeah, my brother and sister-in-law and good friend, Brother Michael Sherman, his wife, I tell you, the Lord is good. You know, he does above and beyond, as we heard Brother Danny speak upon. The Lord is able. Uh, I have a tendency to weep, so just weep with me. That's nothing better than weeping in the joy of the Lord. Uh, you know, try not to weep as much as possible. Then Brother Chris gets up here and starts talking about Brother Julian. It's like, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Roll out the red carpet. Uh, but what's been on my mind this morning is a question that Brother Danny asked me this weekend. He asked me what my favorite verse of the Bible was. And I had to think a little bit because there's a bunch of favorites in the Word of God. But, you know, what's your favorite uh, scripture in the Bible? You know, if you don't read your Bible, you're not going to have a favorite scripture. You know, you have to be in the Word, you know, put those things in your heart so you can go to them. That's why he gave us the Word. That's, you know, when we pray to God, we're speaking to God. But God speaks to us through his word. So we need to be in the word if we're going to have a favorite scripture. So as we go through the days ahead and the weeks ahead, no matter what's going on, we should all be able to... I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you can't have a good uh, primitive Baptist sermon unless you speak out of the book of Romans, <laughs> chapter 8 specifically. So we're going to go there this morning if, you, if you're with me. Romans chapter 8. In verse 31, he says, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say? You know, on the book of Acts in chapter 2, they ask the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized. Paul asked the question. He's going to ask a series of seven questions. He starts off, he says, what shall we say to these things? Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about the, uh, you go back up. And he says in verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is the things that Paul is talking about. What are you going to say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's the second question. He's going to ask the question, what shall we say to these things? Whatever comes in our way, whatever happens, if God be for us, who can be against us. There's nothing out there that can be against the child of God. If God is for you and all these things that he's fixing to mention, if he's for you and foreknowledge, nobody can be against you. That foreknowledge is a forelove. He loved you before time ever began. There's nothing can be against the child of God. What? Who can do anything to us? God is for us. Who can be against you? You having little problems? Just quote that scripture. God's for me. There's nothing can be against me. He's loved me before time ever began. He's going to call me. He's justified me on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. Either he got the job done or he didn't. He got the job done. That's the good news of the gospel. He got the job done. If he got the job done, there's nothing, nothing that can be against the child of God. You can rest assured in this verse in Scripture. I mean, it's so laid out. You can't read it enough times. You can't go to the well enough times in this passage in Romans. If he justifies you on the cross of Calvary, then he's going to call you here in time, sometime between your conception and death. If God be for the child of God, who can be against you? It ain't the surgeon who comes to try to take the, you know, the baby out of the womb of the mother. Listen, you know, he's not too late. 
He's not too late. I'm telling you, God is before every child of God, everyone he chose before the foundation of the world. There's nothing, not the surgeon, not anybody can be against you. If God before me is personal with God, if God before me, you can put that in there. If God be for Tim, there's nothing that can be against me. Nothing. He is able. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely give us all things? He's given us all things to enjoy. He's created all things for every child to enjoy. We just got to enjoy him a little bit. We get the things of this world get in our way to be able to enjoy the things that God so freely given us. He freely gave us his son. Did he not? We did not deserve it, but he did. He freely gave us all things. Everything is wrapped up in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God before me. There's nothing that could be against me. He laid him up. He gave us cheek to the smiters you know it's amazing how who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect it is god that justifieth he's the judge of all the world he is the sovereign judge he is the holy judge he is a righteous judge and if he's the one doing the judging if he's in the courthouse there's nobody that come for him and lay anything to your charge nothing the devil will charge you your conscience will charge you the things that come about us we fall we come up short every day. I'm telling you, it's God who can lay anything to their charge? The answer is nobody. No thing, nobody. You can rest assured in that. It's God that justifies, not anybody else. It's God that justifies. That's to be made to be declared righteous in the sight of God. He was made to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become righteous to God. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. I love the gospel. It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? He's not, you know, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I said, what's my favorite two words in that scripture is to, to do. God is able to do. He is a to-do in God in his people's life. He makes intercession for them up in heaven. He's not just sitting around, you know, Rolling the dice saying, you know, good luck today. You know, I'll see you at the end. No, he's up there making intercession for you. He is a to-do one God. He can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He hears the cries of God's elect. He, I'm telling you, it's a personal God. And he loves every single one. And they'll all be with heaven with him one day. If God before me, there's nothing that can separate me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Our tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl sword? I mean, he covers all bases. He don't let anything loose. It is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted for sheep of the slaughter. He says, no or nay. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ. More than. God is able to do exceeding above He's able. I want you to understand that this morning. I want you to be persuaded. He says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nothing in this life that we're going to come across and face. Death, life, things above, in the sea, in the future, in, in the past. There's nothing that's going to haunt you in the past that's going to keep you out of the hand of God. There's nothing that can pull you out. I'm telling you, it's, it's a wonderful. He says, for I am persuaded. That's my other question to you this morning. Are you persuaded this morning? I wanted to persuade you. You know, Chris invited me down here. I was like, i got to persuade him that I actually know what I'm doing up here. <laughs> I said, he may not come up to my ordination. I was like, oh, stress. And then uh, 
I said, but I want you to be persuaded that nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's, no one can be against you. You know, you know Paul uh, wrote in Romans chapter 5, talked about Abraham. He says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. You know, my wife yelled at me from the bathroom. She said, Tim! I was like, oh, my goodness, you're talking about staggering. She said, well, we're going to have a baby. I, I didn't only stagger. I fell down. I mean, I, I tumbled like Brother Chris the other day. I said, hey, this is bad. But, you know, he was of old age. It says, who against hope believed in hope. You know, he was too old by nature. But God was able. God made the promise. He staggered not, which means he didn't hesitate. When the promise was made, he didn't hesitate. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being what? Fully persuaded. We need to be fully persuaded that there's nothing that can be against us here in this life because God justified. Who is he to condemn us? It's Christ that died and has risen again. That's, that's the good news. He rose. He arisen. My mom, my mom used to wake us up and say, rise and shine for the light has come. And I thought, well, she just made that up. Well, that's in Isaiah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but we need to rise and be fully persuaded here this morning. You know, the things that are written in the, the Old Testament are written for our learning, that through comfort and patience in the scriptures, we might have hope. So I want to read a little bit out of the Old Testament, and we'll finish up. I won't be too long. I told... Uh, Dad told me a long time ago, just stand up, speak up, and shut up. So when I, sh <laughs> when I shut up, you're going to know that it's, it's time. But I, I want you to be persuaded. I want to be persuaded. That's why I told you I listen to gospel music and grace alone all the time. I want to be persuaded. There's too many things that are persuading me here in this life that there's something better out there. There's nothing better than where we're at here this morning. There's nothing better than hear about the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ who came down to this earth to save sinners. <laughs> you know, that's what Paul said. He said, this is a faithful saying, that Jesus Christ came down to save sinners who, who I am chief. Chief, the apostle Paul said that, not Saul of Tarsus who thought he was better than the best, you know, gathered up, you know, children of God who professed Christianity, putting them in jail, consenting to their death. No, this is the apostle Paul. He was the chief of sinners. Can you believe that? You know, you read in the book of uh, Numbers, and Moses is getting wore out. You know, <laughs> children of Israel just wear him out. And it says in chapter 11, it says, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. There's nothing more displeasing to the Lord when we complain. And not being fully persuaded that he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Has he ever left your cup half empty? I don't think so. It's always overflowing, right? You know, it, it says, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them. Basically, he, he lit them up. <laughs> you, call it, you call it what you want. When you displease the Lord, you better watch out. I would see many places in the scripture where the Lord just took care of business. We don't want to complain against the Lord who's done so much for us. So they were complaining. They, they wanted more than just, you know, melons and leeks and onions and garlics. I probably would too. I'd probably complain. <laughs> it is all dried away, and it comes on down. Uh, <laughs> and Moses is talking to him. And Moses, is, you know, he's questioning the Lord. 
He says, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? I think about that all the time. I think about every time I mess up and I'm like, well, what, you know, something comes against me. You know, Jacob was, uh, said, you know, why is all these things against me when he had to send his son down into Egypt, <laughs> you know? He says, why hast thou afflicted thy servant? Wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight that thou layest the burden of all this people upon me? Oh, Moses. He, <laughs> he says, have I, I born all these people? Like, come on, what are you doing? You've afflicted me, and I ain't even born. These are not even my kids. You know, when somebody says something about your kids, you know, it, it brings some rage. But he's like, I didn't even born these people. <laughs> Have I conceived them? Have I begotten them? That thou shouldst say unto me, carry them in thy bosom, and a nursing father beareth the suckling child unto the land which thou swearest unto thy fathers. Why should I have flesh to give unto the people? For they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh that we may eat. It's just like, I mean, it's myself. I'm not going to say it's about any of y'all. Y'all probably have plenty sitting on the bed of roses, no, no afflictions, no burdens. You know, life is a highway. I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. No, it's not good for me. And I probably like Moses. Why are you doing this to me? What's going on? I'm not, I'm not able. See, that's, that's the story of the child of God. We're not able, but he is able. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Who shall separate us? Nothing. He says, I'm not able to bear all these people. That's a true statement. He was not able. A lot of times we come to the Lord and tell him something he already knows, but he's going to tell him anyways. I'm not able to bear all these people alone because it's too heavy for me. And he goes on down, and the Lord's going to tell him he's going to, he's going to load them up. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, we need to be careful what we ask for. <laughs> we need to be careful sometimes what we ask for. The Lord's going to say, okay, I'm going to give you some meat. I'm going to give you some quail. I'm going to give you some quail for one day, not two days, not five days, ten days, for 30 days. A whole month, he's going to load them up with quail. So much quail, it's going to what? It's going to come out their nostrils. I remember one time in North Carolina, me and my brother and Michael were fishing. I think Michael was with us. <laughs> we were fishing all day, and we're like teenagers, and we were just... Uh, you know, like teenagers do, they don't bring any food, you know, they just, hey, we're going fishing, get, get some bait and a rod, and we're going fishing. You know, my papa, I love to go fishing with us, for whatever reason, I don't think he was with us that day, and we were starving about 2 o'clock, and we came back to his house, and lo and behold, KFC, all you can eat, buffet, and I was like, we're like, beep, 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 and, uh, <laughs> you know, like starving teenage boys that could eat, you know, at a household, we're like, okay, five or six bucks, we're going to eat all the chicken we want, <laughs> and we stopped there, loaded up, and we got back to my papa's house, and if you know my mima, she always had a full spread, and there was a full spread of food there, and we were just like, oh, man, and Papa expected us to eat, and Mima definitely expected us to eat. And I, I can always remember, I felt like food was just coming out my nostrils. <laughs> that day, I was like, oh, but I, I can just picture that. It's like, you know what, you're going to complain? He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook you up. So Moses said, the people among who I am are 600,000 footmen. Now, he's beginning to question. This is what we do a lot of times in life. The Lord's already told him he's going to feed them. But somehow we we got to figure we got to get in get in, in the way here and he's he's conjuring this up and that's what man does he tries to figure it out on his own before just leaving it in the hands of the Lord, he says the people are six hundred thousand footmen and thou hast said I will give them flesh that they may eat a whole month now, how is this going to happen, he says okay I could 
I got it figured out. Shall all the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? The Lord said unto Moses, the Lord's hands wax too short. <laughs> you can go to the God for strength that we talked about the other morning. You're never going to diminish his supply. It comes out of the fountains and the rivers of, of heaven. I'm telling you, he's got more strength today than he did yesterday. He never runs out. Is the hand waxed too short? Are you doubting what I can do, Moses? I've already led you out of the Red Sea. I said, I've done all this for you. Is my hand waxed too short? You know, Caleb, uh, you know, Caleb and Joshua, when they, when they were promised, you know, they were persuaded of something. They were persuaded of the promises of God. We need to be persuaded of the promises of God. You know, they were going up, you know, great walled cities and giants. And they brought an evil report. Well, the evil report was a, a good report. We talked about it. It was right. It was a right report, but it wasn't a good report. They brought back an evil report. But Caleb and them were fully persuaded that what God had promised them, just like Abraham, or, uh, yeah, Abraham did. We need to be fully persuaded of the promises God is able to do exceeding abundantly. He was able to feed them. It was coming out their nostrils. God was able to lead them across, the, you know, into the promised land. And they probably said, God is able. We be well able to take the land. But on paper, no. By God, yes. He was able. They were able. And he stilled the people. He rested the people. You know, in Second Kings, when Elisha and them were coming about, King of Syria was coming up against them. And I can see them that night, and they went to sleep, and this servant got up early. <laughs> it is one of my favorite stories, too. I mean, you can just load them up <laughs> when you start thinking about how God is able. It says, Elisha, <laughs> read to me in 2 Kings chapter 6. He says, and when the servant of the, of, uh, of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a, a host come past the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? <laughs> I don't think he said it like that. I don't think he was, hey, Elisha, get up, man. We're surrounded. No, he said, alas, my master, how shall we do? That was the question we just asked you. Men and brethren, what shall we do? He's asking Elisha. I mean, this is like a deer in headlights moment. He gets up early and he gets out and they're surrounded. You know, they're in no-no land. Like, it's over. Alas, my master, how shall we do? When they came to the Red Sea, they, he looked back and saw Pharaoh and his horses. What shall we do? God before us, who can be against us? They, they were dead in the water right there, but God was able to divide the Red Sea. God was able to do many and mighty things. He was able to bring them into the promised land. He was able to show him that servant this day. He says, he answered, fear not. That's the, the good news to a, a child of God. Fear not. There's much to fear here in this world. There's much to be scared about. Every day, I ain't going to lie to you and say, you know, just buck up and you can do it. No, fear not, nor be dismayed. He says, he has a fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. I should pray. There's more than us. There's more with us going to be in heaven. There's going to be in a fiery pit in hell. There's many out of every kindred tongue and nation because God is able. He sent forth his son who was able to get the job done. That's the good news I want you to hear. I want you to be persuaded of that. I want you to be persuaded this morning that there is more with us than it is with them. I tell you, the Psalmist David, I'm telling you, he is it. I love him too. He looked in Psalms 27. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
I said we shouldn't fear. We, we're going to fear. But if the Lord is your light and he's your guidance and he's the one to carry you all the way through, he's able to get you through the storm. And he's able to <laughs> make you walk on water sometimes. And, you know, Baker was crying last night and he said, I just felt something different. And I said, well, I think the Lord was blessing you that night. I said, you need to get, quit sitting in the back of the church and get down front where you're not distracted about some things. And I said, the Lord may sit with you. He said, I like to sit with grandmommy and my cousins <laughs> in the back. I said, well, you want, you want to sit with the Lord? You want to sit with your, <laughs> your grandmommy or your cousins? I said, if you can pay attention back there, then great. But I said, if it means sitting down in front to be able to have that <laughs> supping with God just for a few minutes when the Lord is his light, I think he shined upon him and his, his salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life we talked about. And he's my song, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies, my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. They always stumbled and fell when the Lord is your light and your salvation. He says over in Psalms 46, he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He's a very present help. I can't always be there for my kids. I can't always be there for you when you need me, but God can be. He's your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, a present help. I like when I'm in the presence of my family. I've had the most wonderful time this, morning, this weekend, bring back many memories, but the Lord's always there when I need him. He's always present with me. In Psalms 118.6, he says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to you? If God be for us, who can be against us? Write it down. Put it in your car. Put it everywhere you got when you're having trouble. God be for me, who can be against me? It's glorious. I'm telling you, he was fully persuaded. Abraham was fully persuaded. You know, in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, when there's many a good stories out of the book of Daniel. You want to be... Uh, lift it up. You go to the story. He talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't usually like to call them because that was a Babylonian name that was given to them. I like to, to say the three Hebrew children, but God wrote it in, in his word, so I'll just read from it. In verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. We're not anxious to answer thee in this matter. They weren't going to be anxious. They were fixing to go into so hot. It, this was life and death. This wasn't no campfire, you know, a little solo stove out back and they're a little warming their hands. You know, they were fixing to get thrown in the fire. They're, it was a death sentence if they didn't bow down when the music started playing. And there's a lot of things that here in this life that the, our government and many other people are telling us what we're to do and how to do it. And if it's against the word of God, let God be true and every man a liar. God will reward you for sticking up to him. He rewards these three Hebrew children. It says, if it be so, our God whom we serve, it's one of my favorite scriptures, if it be so, our God whom we serve, we come here this morning to serve the true and living God. We didn't come here for entertainment and hear about, you know, Tim crying. We heard hear about the living God, the one that we serve, you and I, this is whom we serve. It's a great God and, and God that deserves to be served. And God whom we serve is able he is able to deliver. That means salvation. They were saved that day. 
from the fire, you know, from that furnace. When the God actually walked in the furnace, they weren't even sensed anything about them. You know, Daniel went into the lion's den, and God was with him. He wasn't going to bow down to the image. I'm telling you, he was going to pray three times a day. If I was going to pray three times a day, I probably would have just shut the blinds. I don't doubt I would have shut the blind, but no, he opened him up to Jerusalem and he prayed and God was able to deliver him just like he did the three Hebrew children. They were persuaded of the promises of God. They weren't going to bow down and do other things that were against them. You know, uh, in the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, they talk about the great wall of faith. It says that they all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims here on this earth. I'm telling you, being the friends of the world is not being a friend with God. I'm telling you, we're just pilgrims and strangers passing along. Our home's in heaven. We need to be persuaded. There's nothing that's going to separate us from him. There's nothing that can be against the child of God. I want you to be persuaded that. I want you to have full assurance here this morning in the days ahead. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the same God here in 2024. He's still with us, and he's still able. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Uh, you know, I'll close this morning out of 2 Timothy chapter 1, and Paul's exhorting Timothy. He says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Salvation is by grace alone. I tell you, I, I know God's able. He saved us and called us with a holy calling. It's not according to our works. We, be, we believe that we're not saved by works. <laughs> I've heard that all my life. You know, but we are to be a working people. We are to have good works. We're to be ingrained in good works. But here he's talking about eternal salvation, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according, which means in harmony with his own purpose and grace. It was God's own purpose, his own grace that saved us and called us. He says, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but it's now made manifest in the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That's glorious. That's glorious when a man of God can shine the light through the gospel, on the finished work of Jesus Christ, the finished work. He said, it is finished. That's how I know that God is able, he was able to secure every child of God. Shines the light, life and immortality. He says, I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I suffer these things. He was willing to suffer. We heard that, that term, nevertheless. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. We shouldn't be ashamed of God. We shouldn't be ashamed of our Savior. Paul surely wouldn't. He says, I'm not ashamed. I'm, I, I'll suffer for the cause of Christ. He says, for I know who I have believed. I love that song. We can sing this after this if you want to. And am persuaded. I'm convinced. You know, I'm, I'm per, to persuade my children. I don't want other people persuading them what the right thing and the wrong is. And they're constantly trying to persuade you that there's something better else out there. There's nothing better than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is able. For I know whom I believe and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I hope I've persuaded you here this morning. There's nothing that can be against you. There's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Why? Because Christ Jesus got the job done. He sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those under the law. And he got the job done or not. 
either got the job done or not. I'm here to tell you this morning, he got the job done. He was able. Man is capable of a lot of things. <laughs> I'm telling you, you give him a little rope and he'll hang himself. <laughs> He's able. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you.